0: Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at slash better.
1: Dr. Copin, can you just give us a big picture view of what you're hearing about the new variant and everything else? What do you know?
0: Yeah, so, Anna, I think let's start with what's actually going on now in Illinois because I think it's important that we don't forget we're still in the midst of a pandemic of the Delta variant. Mm -hmm. So we have not yet had a reported case of Omicron in Illinois. You know, we know it's in at least 14 states in the United States. We haven't had a reported case. That does not mean it is not here. I'm certain it's here. Um, We just haven't identified one yet with the genetic sequencing that we're doing from positive COVID tests. But what we are right now in Illinois dealing with is a lot of Delta. Um, we're seeing a lot of hospitalizations. Now, since you and I spoke last an- Anna, we're seeing a, a big increase in the number of people who are being admitted to our hospitals in Illinois with Delta. This has nothing to do with Omicron, and that's really important that people understand that. This is still Delta, and of the people we're admitting to the hospital, about three-quarters are unvaccinated. So as we've been talking about, this pandemic of the unvaccinated continues. People who are sick enough to require admission to the hospital, the vast majority of them are unvaccinated. When you think about it, it's kind of amazing to think we still have that many folks out there who are unvaccinated who can get infected with Delta and find themselves in the hospital. But they're there, and we're, we're very busy right now, all of our hospitals with um, with people coming in with Delta. So that's really important that um, people understand that. And I know I sound like a broken record, but boy, if you're not vaccinated yet, please get vaccinated. Our hospitals are crowded. We can take care of people, but you know, we're crowded. Every time we get somebody who's admitted um, with COVID, we ask them how they feel. Uh, yesterday, we had somebody who Told my colleague as he was admitting a patient who had not been vaccinated, "I'm really stupid, aren't I?" (laughs) And of course, my colleague had to agree with him.
1: Do they? Is that how does the healthcare professional respond to that?
0: Well, you want to be agreeable, right? Nice and agreeable. And my colleague was, and I applaud him for for doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're providing great care to this person who's pretty sick with COVID. but it was preventable. This is 100% preventable if this man would have been vaccinated. And it's such an important message to get across to those in our community who have yet to be vaccinated.
1: I want to ask you about the latest out of South Africa, what we're seeing there. And I want to read you a quote from the head of the largest healthcare network in a second. But there's a great question on the text line that I do want to get to you. 630, please ask the doctor, what happened to the original COVID? It's all about Delta now.
0: Yeah, so what happened, it's such a good question because it's one of those things about viruses that it's important for people to understand. The original Wuhan version of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, we don't see anymore. The one that was around last, you know, last in the fall of 2019, the early winter of 2019 that started in China and started to work around the world We don't see that variant anymore. The virus constantly mutates. That's what viruses do, particularly an RNA virus like SARS-CoV-2, the COVID virus. So as it mutates, there will be a virus that essentially is can more effectively be transmitted and infect human beings, and that's the virus that becomes predominant. So we're going from variant to variant. The one that we're dealing with right now is the Delta variant. The previous variants that we saw in the United States, those are gone. We don't see those anymore. 99.9% of the infections that we have in the United States right now Mm -hmm. is still from Delta. There is an expectation that this Omicron might be even more transmissible than the Delta, and there is a chance that the Omicron will overtake the Delta and become the predominant variant around the world and in the United States.
1: Dr. Copin, let me so that, ask you about that, because I, at- I mentioned this at the top of the show, and I want to get your perspective on it, because the head of the largest private healthcare network in South Africa, Richard Friedland, gave some kind of a news conference, maybe, that ended up on Bloomberg. I'm reading it from there. He said, we're not seeing very significant increases in hospital admissions. We're simply not seeing that. He points to this maybe, and this is what I want to get your take on. He says maybe this is a silver lining. This may signal the end, with it attenuating itself to such an extent that it's highly contagious. It becomes the predominant virus strain, and it won't cause severe disease. Would it be a good thing if that's true about it, if that becomes the one that dominates
0: So in that scenario, should this Friedland guy be correct, that would be wonderful. And that could be the way we get out of the pandemic. The SARS-CoV-2 virus is a coronavirus. We all know coronaviruses. These coronaviruses, until the SARS version, caused the common cold. We all know the common cold, right? We might feel miserable for a couple of days, and then we get better. Is it possible that what this Omicron variant is now is closer to the common cold type of coronavirus than the SARS-CoV-2 virus that we've been living with now for the last two years? If that's what indeed it turns out to be, Friedland could be right. And this could be something that will overtake the Delta, we could have a very transmissible version of the, COVID, of the um, coronavirus, of the COVID virus, mm-hmm. that won't make people ill, and we can get out of this. Hmm. That would be fantastic if, the, if that indeed could happen. We don't know that yet. Um, some of the South African physicians and scientists have been talking about this for the last couple of days. It's obviously premature How many times, Anna, have we been surprised by this virus, right, by the COVID virus over the last two years? But that would be a very wonderful thing if it were to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just very hopeful. Sometimes it's nice to hear that kind of thing. We'll just have to see what what they determine. When do you think we'll get some kind of definitive answer about what this is all about, the variant.
0: No, it's 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 weeks to months. Okay. Um, you know, the, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to believe, but you know, it's exactly 12 days since we heard of this from the first time, right? Um, those of us that were silly enough to check our phones before we sat down for Thanksgiving dinner—that's likely the first time we saw news reports about what we now know as the Omicron variant. That was exactly 12 days ago. Oh, gosh. So everything we know, everything we know about Omicron is no more than 12 days old. Think about that for a second. Think but we
1: want to know now, Dr. Copen. <laughs> I You're right, 12 days. That's not a lot of time. That is not. We have to be no. patient, and, and time will tell, I suppose, and we'll wait for those answers. Uh, someone's asking on 630, what's the latest on the Pfizer COVID pill? Is there an FDA issue? It's been a month since that was reported in the news. It was supposed yeah. to be effective on all variants.
0: Yeah, so the, um, the Pfizer antiviral pill that is a, hopefully effective against, um, against COVID. Um, Pfizer is finishing preparing its data submission that will go to FDA for FDA review. Hopefully that's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Whether this is effective against every variant of the virus, we, we obviously don't know yet. Um, Omicron didn't exist when they were doing their their, um, their phase three trial, their um, clinical trials on the um, antiviral pill. It did work against Delta. So I, I, I have every reason to believe it also will work against Omicron. But wouldn't it be great if we didn't even need it to be effective against Omicron because we weren't getting sick from that variant of the virus. So a lot more to learn, a lot more to know, but all of this will unfold over, over the next several weeks to several
1: months. And I know you'll be telling us about it is I wanted to ask you about this. I couldn't tell if this is just uh just goofy or is this real. There was a story and it was carried widely about a gum that they're testing that could help fight COVID. Chewing gum reduced the virus by a certain percentage. Do you, what do you make of that study?
0: Yeah, when I first heard about this, I thought it was pretty funny. It's it's literally, it's a gum that's sticky for the virus. It's kind of funny, right? Gum is sticky, and this happens to be sticky to the virus. There's actually some research that came out of Penn State University. Mm-hmm. What they did was they took the gene that encodes for the ACE2 receptor. The ACE2 receptor, which we have, we human beings have, in um, our in our pharynx and in our nose, this, this the um, COVID virus actually attaches. So what they did was they grew plants that had this gene, so the plant actually has the ACE two receptor. Receptor. They put it into gum. They then had people chew the gum. And then they tested the ability of the saliva that came from these volunteers that what, how, could the saliva inactivate the virus, and they showed that it did. The um, virus actually bound to the gum because of this ACE2 receptor. Now, whether this is going to be effective in preventing people from getting in, uh, infected with um, with COVID, we don't know. There's been no trials or anything, but it's kind of a cool idea. I'm not quite sure what the, what the use case is mm-hmm. for this, how someone would actually use this. It's not like you're going to be chewing gum 24 hours a day. <laughs> but it's just another example of the ingenuity of human beings and our scientists, that they know how to do something like this, and they thought about it. It'll be kind of cool to follow this forward. And see what they come up with with this um, with this product that they're working on.
1: Yeah, just to see where it goes. The thought of chewing gum being part of the solution—I don't know. It just seems it just it seems kind of crazy. But you're right, ingenuity at its best. Thank you, Dr. Copen. I think so. <laughs> we appreciate your time today. <laughs> thank you for answering all of the questions, no matter the, the wide range of questions that we receive. And thank you so much.
0: Oh, this—you know, Anna, I'm thinking about chewing gum while wearing a mask. Though. That I don't know about that. I'm going to have to practice.
1: Yeah, practice. I think you can do it. I think you can do it. Let us know how it goes, Dr. Copin. Thank you. It's good talking with you. As always, I should say, this is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care.